from another world. What's the matter? You've never seen a cop before? And a nurse shrunk by aliens. Just the thing to drive G.I. Joe insane. Are teaming up with a big partner. She's a cop in trouble. For some deadly fun and games. Toys that come to life and kill people to help a demon from hell. Jesus Christ! Not quite, blood. You can go where those toys go. You, you're the perfect size to help me kick their butts. Let's start off the entertainment, boy. <laughs> and this time... This is that kind of ass kicking. Get the hell away from me! <laughs> they're picking on someone their own size. Tim Thomerson, Tracy Scoggins, and Melissa Bear. Pop goes the easel. Doll Man versus the Demonic Toys. You love it. It's really gonna tear you up. Welcome to episode five of Small Screeners, where we look back at direct-to-video and made-for-TV movies. I'm Chris. I've got AJ with me tonight, as usual. Uh, say hello, AJ. How y'all doing? Uh, today we're going to discuss the Full Moon Features direct-to-video movie from, I think, 1993, mm-hmm. Doll Man vs. Uh, Demonic Toys. On uh, screen, I think it says the demonic toys, doesn't it? Oh, sorry, sorry, Dollman. No, versus- no, no. But I mean, it's weird because all the art and all the ads say Dollman versus demonic toys. When you look it up online, oh yeah, like the entry in Internet Movie Database, it's all Dollman versus demonic toys, and the the screen is. I, know. <laughs> I, I noticed that immediately. The, and I was like, okay, cool. It's yeah, like I wonder what the original like- demonic toys uh, title. If that's if that's uh, the demonic toys or just demonic toys. But yeah, this is a sequel. Speaking of the demonic toys, this is a a, a sequel to three full moon features flicks, which I took the time to watch all three of them before I watched All Man vs. Demonic Toys. I uh, have watched none of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, you know, the good thing about that is the movie definitely takes the time to catch you up on the previous previous entries. So the original three were Doll Man, The Demonic Toys, and Bad Channels, which when I decided to do this for the podcast, I thought it was just a sequel to the first two. I didn't know Bad Channels. I didn't know what that was. I didn't realize there was a character from another movie in this flick. But luckily, all this stuff is on Tubi. So, and they're all pretty short. Uh, this one is actually the shortest of all of them. Um, is it, though? The other, is it, though? Well, I mean, <laughs> in, in minutes played, but it feels maybe a little longer. <laughs> it's, it, um, but yeah, Bad Channels was was uh, like an alien invasion type movie where they shrink people. It's not very good. Um so this is a Full Moon Features direct-to-video movie. Are you familiar at all with Full, full Moon Features? Have you watched many of those? Uh, Unfortunately, I'm really not. I mean, I've seen on cable. I know I saw a subspecies, if that's the one I'm thinking of, the, mm-hmm. the vampire. And when they, I, I know kind of some of the, the deal with them. They got a little more money. Or wasn't that an empire thing? Still Charles Band, but anyway. Yeah, Charles Band had another uh, production company, I think, called Empire Pictures. And when that went out of business, he went into Full Moon Features after that. Okay. Well, I don't really know. So they're two separate companies, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. One I know had a little bit more money, I think. uh, A little more production value. 
<laughs> but no, I mean, I've always known of Demonic Toys and the Dollman movies and all that stuff. And, and I saw Transfers as a kid. So I, I came in loving Tim Thomerson mm-hmm. in that kind of part. I knew of all these movies and, and never really watched them. So I don't really have that, that foundation with these. Yeah. And so I didn't really know what to expect watching the movie. And I was, it's, it's certainly an hour long movie that I watched. <laughs> that definitely uh, yeah. That I, from based on what, based on some talk we had online um, previously, I can tell that I liked this movie more than you did. <laughs> um, it's very safe to say that. Yes. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that I love this movie, but I do appreciate <laughs> it. I do appreciate it in, in certain ways. Uh, you mentioned Trancers, which I guess was Tim Thomerson's first uh, little team up with Charles Band. I've never mm-hmm. seen that. What is Trancers about? It's this weirdo shit where he's uh, some cop named Jack Death. I, as I remember, it's from some other dimension. And there are these like mutant not demons or anything, but like mutant shit that they're called transers. And he ends up coming into our world or like through our dimension, or maybe it's another planet. I haven't seen it in years and years. I did sure. like it as a kid. I remember a very young Helen Hunt is in it. And between right. the time that the first one happened and the sequel happened, she had become something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a whole thing. Transers, <laughs> the return of Jack death. I remember that too. And I had fun with that as a kid. I, I, I want to say that I wish I had enjoyed Tim Thomerson in this the way I had in Trancers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I would have had I taken the time to watch Dollman. I did not. Mm-hmm. Somehow I feel like I'm not missing much. But again, I think that is colored much like uh, like we talked about with Bud the Chud and some other things. If I had seen this at a younger age, I think I would have loved it. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't. Right. Yeah. I um I saw Dollman when I was a uh, uh, younger on HBO or something. Yeah. Uh, I didn't rent it, but I saw it on on cable, and I remember thinking it was really cool. And later I saw maybe at the video store, maybe I saw the box for Dollman versus Demonic Toys. And for years in my head, it was Dollman versus Puppet Master. Uh, okay. I was getting those franchises, you know, mixed up. But didn't they make a movie Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys? They yeah, they have that uh, in now as well, yeah. Which they're all, you know, full moon feature franchises, so it yeah. makes sense, I guess. But I'd never seen it until until we watch until we watch it for this. But I liked Dollman a lot when I was a kid. I thought it was really neat and I rewatched it, you know, a few weeks ago, preparation for this. And I really liked that one, especially the first like twenty minutes. Dollman's, you know, it starts out on his home planet. And he's got like a villain that he's chasing there. And the villain, that, which you see in one of the flashbacks here, he's just like a, a, a disembodied head on like a little hovercraft platform <laughs> that uh, he flies around on. And it's just kind of crazy and wacky. And uh, and Dollman's handgun on his planet is like basically a bazooka. <laughs> you know, he shoots yeah. a guy and he literally explodes, which I think yeah. we also see in, in the... Uh, in the flashbacks here, but, but yeah, I, I did like it more. I, what I really like about it, I think, is the the props, like having the big props with the tiny people. Like I've always thought that was really neat, uh, and they do that a lot in this movie with Dollman and his girlfriend. But let me let me do like a quick synopsis. And again, this movie is like a clocks in like an hour and two minutes, and I think there's like a three minute opening title sequence, which feels like eight minutes. <laughs> So there's that, and then there's probably about eight minutes worth of flashbacks to the other three movies. So it's really only like a 45 to 50 minute, you know, as far as new material in this movie. So we'll probably uh, get through it pretty quick. And then there's some other stuff we can talk about on the on the back half as far as more of the, some of the stuff we've watched more recently and stuff. Cool. Basically, this is a sequel to, again, Dollman, Demonic Toys, and Bad Channels. 
where it's primarily a demonic toy sequel because that's where most of the plot is comes from where demonic toys was about a cop played by tracy scoggins is that right uh-huh. and her and her cop boyfriend ended up in a toy warehouse fighting these uh, demon possessed toys her boyfriend is killed she ends up fighting them off with a, a, a chicken delivery boy <laughs> and at the end there's like a ceremony where one of the lead demons is trying to impregnate her to take over her baby's body and that's pretty much it and then doll man it was a space cop who crash landed on earth uh in his movie and bad channels was again about aliens coming to earth taking over a radio station and using music to like uh hypnotize women and shrink them down to you know doll size and they were rescued at the end but one of the women i guess is still uh tiny so doll man is essentially just going to get laid he found out about the aliens turning these women shrunk down to his size and uh so he's heading to pick up one of the ladies um Mm -hmm. and tracy scoggins finds out about this and figures hey these this doll man this tiny uh Space Cop is the perfect size to fight these uh, toys. Recruits Dollman to fight these toys for her. And in the first firefight with the toys, unfortunately, she dies, which I was not expecting uh, to happen. But uh, Dollman and his girlfriend end up confronting the toys. The girlfriend gets kidnapped, and one of the toys is going to use her the same way the demon in the first movie was going to impregnate Scoggins character uh so it gets a little rapey towards the end really uncomfortable at times with uh with one of the toys trying to use her for this ceremony but uh doll man, it's a giant baby toy yes a, like, a, a foul-mouthed yeah, yeah a foul-mouthed baby toy um but yeah doll man rescues her and, and and takes out all the toys and they live happily ever after so not not a complicated plot not a lot going on as far as that it's mostly an excuse to get doll man and the toys together to to fight it out so I've already kind of talked a little bit about how I kind of liked this movie. I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, let me know and let the listeners know uh, how you felt about it before we get into like specific. Okay. Well, it wasn't very nice. (laughs) Uh, I I did not have the best experience with it. Um, Again, I didn't really, you know, I I have no experience with uh, these franchises. I didn't even know. I knew it was Doll Man. I knew it was Demonic Toys. I didn't know Bad Channels was a thing until after I watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Even the flashback stuff that was from another movie, I just assumed it was from one of the other two. And I really didn't give a shit at that point. I was just kind of watching, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm doing this thing. I mean, I'm kind of a professional. I'm going to finish it. I'm not going to stop it. I, I think that my wife might have wanted me to stop it at some point or would not have complained <laughs> if I did. But we just kind of looked at each other and we never brought it up. We never said the words. We just we just let it keep happening to just us. Powering through. Yeah, we do. Well, you know, being pummeled by it on the couch. Just, oh, oh, this is. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Well, it was not great. It was not great, Chris. We didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I did go in thinking, you know, it might be dumb fun. And I'm sure to a lot. I know a lot of people who love full moon and i respect their opinions but almost all of them did kind of grow up watching it too Mm -hmm. and and i get that i for sure get that and i wish i had grown up and been able to see the movie that all those other people and yourself got to grow up watching you know doll man and stuff i bet i would have really dug it but this is the one i saw and i did not really (laughs) dig it um i don't have much nice to say about it i mean i would get excited like oh phil fondacaro you know he was in it for a minute and i was like you're 
they're giving you the dumbest things to do. I hope they kill you off soon for like, you know, <laughs> respect, like for your dignity, young man. No, I mean, and the movie seems a lot longer than it is. There was some cool stuff, like you said, with some of the backgrounds and uh, the sets that must have been built for the special effects trickery in camera where it's the little people with normal everyday objects looking so big next to them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I know they didn't spend even a half a, a half a million on this, I don't think. So seeing little touches like that here and there is like, oh, okay, you know, it's all right. And the thing is, it's not the Charles Band movies that I have remembered seeing. He's not incompetent. He knows how to shoot stuff and, you know, put it together to tell a story. It doesn't look like some amateur or some flailing student you know, film student who's just putting together a shitty movie. He he knows what he's doing. I just didn't like this one. I don't yeah. think this one was put together very hot. In fact, I would go so far as to say it's the other thing, the <laughs> shitty thing, the really, really, really shitty thing. I kind of yeah. really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, and it, it's, it fucking feels like at least an hour and a half. It feels like an hour and a half. I, if it's a minute, it's 90. <laughs> but it tells me it's 64 minutes, which leads me to believe that this is some weird fucking kind of like it's the multiverse. You know, it's around us all now ever since the Had- Hadron Collider thing. That's how I got to experience this this way. It told me, oh, 64 minutes. Actually, Tubi just says an hour because they're just trying to they're trying to make it as easy on you as possible. Tubi's like, it's to just it. a straight hour. And you're like, oh, OK. And then you watch it and you're like, maybe 20 minutes and you're like, oh, I have 40 more to go. I, I can do it. <laughs> But then you slip into this other dimension of space and time, and somehow it adds an extra 20 to 25 minutes onto your experience. I don't get it. I'm, I'm just saying it, it was – did I go too far? <laughs> no, not at all. No, did, I, I can, did I overdo it there? This is a movie I can see both sides. Like I can see guys who really love this movie and celebrate it because of its cheesiness and weirdness, and I can also see your point of view, which is <laughs> it's it looks really cheap. Uh, I mean, it was, I'm sure it was made very cheap, but it looks cheap despite having some cool like uh, sets and stuff. Mm. And the acting's not very good. And the story mm. is paper thin. <laughs> so there, and there's a lot, you I mean, there's a lot of negatives to it as well. Those would be many of the ingredients that I would point to when yeah. I would say, you know, shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't blame any, I can't blame people one, one way or the other. I'm kind of in the middle. I, I think <laughs> that it's, uh, it's not something that I'll probably, I, I may never watch this again. You know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I definitely won't watch it again. I might. But Doll Man, I would probably watch again because I thought it was fun. Uh, this one uh, was a little disappointing, honestly, even though I kind of liked it based on, you know, just the idea. I thought the the idea of like doing something that Marvel would do 25 years later or whatever. Like he's doing it on his small scale with just his little Charles Mann's little directed video franchises and crossing them over and stuff. I, I think it's a really uh, neat concept. Um, that is very cool. And that is very comical book oriented. And, and yes, I will give him that completely. And you know, <laughs> no, you know, I, I can't hate on the guy. He made his own little, you know, he's got his, he probably wouldn't like the comparison, but I always think of people like, you know, Roger Corman or, mm-hmm. you know, William Castle guys who, you know, the, the guy who did AIP, uh, Pierce, they just kind of create their own little cinematic kingdoms and they have their output. Yeah. And there's always going to be people to love that. Look at Troma. 
And I fucking can't stand trauma. And yeah. I, there's going to be a lot of people that wouldn't want to hear that. They go, fuck you. <laughs> I'll get real defensive about trauma. And it's like, you know what? Have it. I'm not telling you you can't love it. I'm just saying I fucking can't stand it. Charles Band, I know, did better stuff. And I know as a producer, he brought a lot of really, really good things out there. And, you know, it makes people happy. Even trauma makes people happy. Those poor, misled <laughs> bastards. But it makes them happy. And that's 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 what it's all about. That's why people make these things. So, yeah. I may not have liked this one. I'm really glad you liked Dollman, though, because that makes me want to go hunt it down. I will be 100% honest with you, and I think I may have sent something along these lines to you in a message. The moment this movie was over, after my space-time extra, you know, fuck <laughs> 30 experience with this thing, it was over. I was like, well, I now understand. I don't need to watch those other movies fucking ever, <laughs> ever. The rest, I can live the rest of my life secure and happy in the knowledge that I'm not missing a motherfucking thing. <laughs> but but if you really like Dollman, that intrigues me and it makes me want to give it a shot. I may go on to be in kind of, and like you said, not a one of them. Most of them I did look. Most of them are between an hour and 20 and an hour and 30. Mm-hmm. Like um, um, an hour, 21, 23, 24, like all around that spot, which is not, you know, hopefully that one wouldn't feel like two hours to me if I didn't like it. Yeah. But we'll, you know, we we might take the chance down the road. We might uh, <laughs> might take the old college, you know, try. Give it the old college try. Take a swing. Well, again, I like Dollman quite a bit. I'm not going to push you on it because <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for you wasting, you know, more time. But uh, it is, it's more fun than this. It's got Jackie Earl Haley in it when, at a time I, I when do he enjoy wasn't really Jackie doing anything. Earl. He was kind of off the radar at that time. That's nice yeah. to hear. And, you know, and, and I would I would try very hard not to hold it against you if I didn't like it. I did for a moment entertain the notion of holding this one against you after I watched it. <laughs> I, I did consider cussing you out. I told uh, my wife, Tiffany, that I said, you know, Chris may may have to hear it. You may have to hear it from me. Uh, but then I thought, you know, you didn't do it to hurt me. I hope it wasn't um, malicious. That's what I'm saying. That's the key. You know, if you had done it in bad faith, trying to make my eyeballs bleed you know, my heart explode, my dick rot off. If you were trying to do that to me, <laughs> I would hold it against you, but I don't believe you did. So, yeah, it's, it, we'll just chalk it up to live and learn, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I will say, please don't make me watch it like this again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Really, it was a joke, because, I mean, that's part of the fun of this, you know? <laughs> we, we go around. Now, the next time out, I think I'm going to try to to throw a dart in the safe area of, uh, you know, the green, as it were. Uh-huh. So continuing the trend of AJ picking a well-made, uh, well-acted, proper movie, whereas I picked the schlocky bullshit. <laughs> you know, though, the Second World War was kind of made-for-TV bullshit. You know, Dante aside, you know, clearly mm-hmm. he got the made-for-cable, made-for-TV budget, right. you know, and it looked like what it was. Uh, we're not—it's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's definitely not a competition. <laughs> uh, we're, we're good. We're just—we're enjoying— the journey we're taking the ride yeah. we bought the ticket and we're taking the ride as uh <laughs> as the greats have said so yeah i didn't like it <laughs> right right yeah, i can so... just leave it at that i did not enjoy my experience <laughs> <laughs> understood well a few notes just a few notes that i had um like you mentioned phil fondacaro fondacaro yeah it was yeah i agree it was great to see him it's always good to see willow's buddy uh showing up i see him Pop up in stuff a lot, it seems like, but I know him best from uh, from Willow, which is one of my favorite movies from uh, yeah. from back in the day. And excited to see that. He was like the greatest warrior in the village. Right. right. Uh, Vonkar, wasn't it? 
Uh, Damn it, it's no, hard to remember. It's been a while since I yeah, actually watched it about a year and a half ago, but that was a, the first time. Sorry to digress, but I'm asking you this question. Have you seen the ad for the new coming show? Yeah, the, I, I watched the trailer that they put out maybe a month or so back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that look like badass. exciting to you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. I, I I mean, when I rewatched Willow, it was right after Disney Plus launched, and mm. uh, that was the first time I'd seen it in forever, and it held up really well. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a year before that, uh, it, it had just come out on Blu-ray. It had not ever been released on Blu-ray, and it finally did. And I got a copy like within a couple of weeks of that dropping, and yeah, I was like, it's so nice that it held up. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was kind of worried it had been so long since I had watched it, yeah. but yeah, I was still still really impressed with it. The things about the brownies I was worried about did kind of come to pass. I was like, kick the brownies out of the frame. Yeah. Kick them. Yeah, when I was young, they were funny and entertaining yes. to me, but yeah, they're just now really annoying. <laughs> but you know, that's cool. Anyway, I have uh, I have derailed us. Let's bring us back on the track. So oh, it's sorry fine. About that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's not a whole lot to talk about. The, 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 cool. Let's the, keep the, talking like Ron Howard fantasy movies rather than uh, <laughs> Doll Man and Demonic Toys. Let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well I, trust me. There's not a whole lot else. I don't have a whole, I don't have a ton of notes here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I trust you. Lead us. The, the demonic toys are, I don't know if they're really named in the movie, but the baby doll is Baby Oopsie Daisy and is kind are of the leader. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. And God damn it. That's kind of the leader. <laughs> Jack Attack, I believe, is the robot that shoots the uh, the lasers, which is probably the coolest of the toys, maybe. <sighs> Actually? I'm sorry. Jack Attack is the, is the Jack in the Box. Okay, see, now that I can tell you, I was actually, there is something good for me to say. I liked that because it freaked my wife out. She doesn't like clowns. She doesn't like clowns and shit. And it was, you know, all that shit. Yeah, it fucked her. She didn't like it at all. She kept like kind of side eyeing it. She would turn her head away a little bit, and then she would look at the screen like, "Fuck you, thing." And I also liked that it wasn't just a Jack in the Box. It actually can leave the box, and it's like a snake creature, sort of. Yeah, it's like a worm tail kind of deal. It was, uh, yeah. I give it up for that. I do give it up for that. I, I wish the baby would have been thrown in a blender. But, <laughs> but the Jack in the Box was actually the one. I liked that. I really did. I thought, and I'm, I, you know, I give my wife a hard time for not liking that stuff. But it was kind of a little bit disturbing, you know. Yeah. Not and I'm probably not, the most famous demonic toy. Whenever I think of is it. Well, I mean, hard to say because I, I'm not that big a fan of the franchise. Obviously, <laughs> I'd never seen any, any of them until recently. But when I think of the demonic toys, like that's the image that first pops in my head just from seeing the video yeah. boxes and stuff over the years. True, I have seen all those, and you know, in the VHS. Yeah. Uh, and the first Puppet Master toy, I think, or figure I think of is the white faced one with the knives. Yeah, and the, and the wide brim hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I haven't watched any of those, but I, I completely agree. That's what I think of. So, yeah, I bet this is probably, uh, Jack Attack is probably the most iconic in terms of the most readily available image that, you know, demonic toys. Oh, yeah, that fucking <laughs> evil little bastard. <laughs> Scared my wife. It was great. You know, I think the only Puppet Master movie I've seen is the one that was released maybe four years ago, the one that Barbara Crampton is in and S. Craig Zoller did the script. Oh, yeah, and Thomas Lennon is in it, Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was okay. Pretty good, I thought. Cool. It, it was it was worth watching at least. <laughs> it had some really fucked up stuff in it. That is what <laughs> I heard. I heard it Yeah, well. I heard it was very actively trying to push buttons and be offensive. Well, yeah, yeah, probably. Yes, yeah. yeah, which, you know, admirable aim. So we'll <laughs> uh but yeah, the other toys, Mr. Static, I think is the robot. Grizzly Teddy is the teddy bear. I don't think the teddy bear's even in this movie. He was in the original. And they replaced him, I think, in this one with Zombie Toyed, 
which I don't understand the name, but that's the G.I. Joe type oh. guy who looks like a small soldier's. Yes. Soldier's yes. Guys. Looks like a small soldier with like his eyelids cut off. So he looks very intense all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That dude. I didn't like him. I didn't like him. <laughs> and it's good that, uh, sorry. It's good that uh, the teddy bear wasn't there because all it would do is invite comparison, even though this was made first, it would invite comparison to the ultimate and extreme teddy bear from Krampus, which is the oh, yes, one yes. evil teddy bear in any movie ever. Even even dolls. The great Stuart Gordon had the evil teddy bear in dolls, which I love. But yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that one either. That one is I think that's also a full moon uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Stuart Gordon did did some work with the bands. Yeah, because because Castle Freak is also one. Yeah, and I think yeah. From Beyond may even be. But um, but yeah, I haven't seen dolls. So you should probably try if you can, man. Try to schedule it in because I know that the I have looked it up. We have the old DVD. Um, the old, I think it's an MGM DVD and I know that Scream Factory put it out a couple of years ago. And when I say a couple of years, it could have been like seven or eight. And it's one of those that has gone out of print pretty quick. Uh, probably yeah. did not have the, you know, high demand pressing run, but it's very expensive to find the Scream Factory Blu-ray. And I really wish, I remember when it came out, I was like, oh, dolls, that's good shit. I should get that. <laughs> and I did that with the dark half. I did that with a number of movies. I'm like, I'll get to it. Yeah, and I didn't, and now they're out of print. And they're eighty dollars, <laughs> and I'm still angry. This is my fault. I did this to myself. Anyway, watch Dolls if you can. Dolls is a lot of fun. It really is. His wife is in it, Carolyn Purdy Gordon, mm-hmm. um, and she's always great. It's a little, it's a little weirder, uh, more fairy tale feel. Yeah. Than Stuart Gordon normally goes for. There's a there's some dark shit. There's some twisted stuff that you go, ah, oh, it's the Gordon that I know and love. But he's trying some other things, and he's really good at it. It's good. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. Anyone who's listening, if you hadn't seen Dolls, check that shit out. It's underrated. <laughs> it's the late, great Stuart Gordon. We all rep his name around these parts. He's the shit, y'all. Check out Dolls if you can. Peace. Yeah, even uh, <laughs> even if it leaves uh, two before I get to it, it's one that is often on like Prime or yes. Pluto. It's, al- it's always on free. You know, you can almost always find it somewhere streaming. So I'll get to it sooner or later, I'm sure. Thank God for Tubi and Pluto. Tube, uh, Pluto is like Tubi's little like sibling to me now. Yeah. And Tubi just, it's it's pretty impressive, the kind of shit that Tubi. Tubi has Dr. Sleep. How does Tubi yeah. have Dr. Sleep? That's a, a theatrical release from just a couple of years ago. Right. It's not on Netflix, but it's on fucking Tubi. What is that? That's impressive. Well, Tubi used to be like the go-to for shit like, you know, demonic toys <laughs> and all the low-budget stuff and, and less-seen stuff. But I think Fox or somebody bought to be maybe four years ago three or four years ago and ever since Hmm. then that's they got like an influx of i guess they've got more money to license stuff for their service now so you see a lot of really you see good studio stuff mixed in with you know demonic stuff stuff. and yeah yeah and that's great i mean uh a month or two ago i watched the old 90s bruce willis flick striking distance oh yeah the one by rowdy harrington director of uh Roadhouse and Jack's back, legendary Rowdy Harrington. Mm. Uh, I love Striking Distance. I think that's just a great '90s action thriller. With you know, I just I loved it, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, Tubi, do your thing. That's excellent." And that's one of the boats. <laughs> yes, yes, it was originally called Three Rivers because it's set. He's a a, a boat cop ah. on the river in uh, Pittsburgh. But anyway, yeah, I I saw someone on Twitter recently refer to Tubi as the people's streaming service. And I 100% agree with that. I love it. And Pluto has a lot of that shit, too. I'll look up something and I can't find it anywhere. And I think, oh, well, what about Pluto? And randomly, 
it's got ads, but there it is. That's super cool. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a fan of Pluto. I don't use as much. I used it for a while just as like a TV, you know, because they have like this, the just the channels where it plays like, you know, the old fucking old uh, an old cable channel. They just still have their channels are nuts. There are entire <laughs> channels for everything from all in the family kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my three sons fucking 90210 the old beverly hills 90210 there's a whole channel devoted to that and you can just dip in at any point and there's just multiple episodes of it back to back to back to back you can watch it for three days and it's nothing but mod <laughs> yeah it's my uh, my parents have recently gotten rid of their cable i think they switched over to youtube tv more recently but for a while they didn't have either and so my dad would just watch pluto tv he would just have it on the western channel <laughs> and be watching Gunsmoke all day or whatever. There's a James Bond channel. It blew my... I, when I saw it, I thought, when I was a kid, if you had told me that there was a, even one day the glimmer of an existence of a thing where it's a channel that does nothing but play James Bond movies, I would have said, you fucking liar. Don't do that to me. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's true. And then they're on-demand stuff. You can go look up old shit. They have all the Vivo channels, so you can like treat it like very specific MTV yeah, yeah, that's you can just cool. put it on '80s Vivo, and it's like way how MTV used to play music, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing but videos from the '80s. I I love that kind of thing, and I think being able to catch these kinds of movies, even with ads, who cares? People <laughs> like you and me, we're a little older. We're we're not we're spoiled now to the point where we have to go back and watch stuff like this. We kind of maybe go ah ads. But we grew up like <laughs> we grew up like this, you know. Just because we don't have it out with Netflix and all that shit, this was this was life. Yeah, I remember when Hulu first launched after it, Netflix had already been around for a, a couple of years and there were ads. So I was like, well, I'm never going to use Hulu because <laughs> I've, I've experienced Netflix and there's no ads and I don't think I can go back. But now I'm a, I'm a lot less, you know, I've we got, have evolved past yeah. the need for things like ads. We don't <laughs> do, use, you know, I have Peacock, ads. which has ads and, you know, I'll watch ads on Tubi and shit. But, and for the most part. The ad breaks are still shorter than they were when we they were really watching are. cable. So even the longest ones are only like a minute and a half. And we were, you were locked into just over two minutes every goddamn time. You know the old way. You know in the before times. So yeah, yeah. TV's great. It's got all the Charles Band stuff, which is what everybody's aching for. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let me get through a few more notes so we can close the book on <laughs> Talkman versus the demonic toys. I'm sorry, uh, I keep trying to drag us off into uh, side conversations uh, <laughs> about things that I actually can't and want to talk about. I, I can't even say I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, but you know, as I mentioned earlier, the the novelty of you know the giant butter knife sitting on the counter while the woman's standing next to it, all the you know the uh, them standing around in the dollhouse. That stuff goes along with me, just the novelty of that. Uh, look I, was, good. I was glad to see the uh, the footage from Dollman in this movie because it gave us the guy exploding. And I think you can see Sprug, the, the bad guy that floats on the hoverboard, the head that floats on the hoverboard. You can see him briefly. I was curious why the security guy had toilet paper next to his desk. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. I did not. There was just a roll of toilet paper on the wall next to his uh, desk, next to the like where the uh, the dirty pictures were hanging up and stuff. So it was like, is that his bathroom and office? I didn't I didn't get it. Were so. we were we privy <laughs> uh, to what he was sitting on? Uh, I don't think you see it behind the desk. So see yeah. see as possible. Um, but I really I know you said you didn't like Zombie Toyed the the small soldiers guy. I thought no. that was I thought that was uh, a really cool costume. And uh, 
it gave Dollman, you know, some hand-to-hand combat action for a second. Can uh, we I call really it that? that? Like legally? Like, won't someone so, come get us if we call that hand-to-hand on-screen combat? Uh, I mean, it's not. Okay, more there, are there podcast police? Because <laughs> I'm, I don't. I'm just. I'm trying to look out for us, Chris. I don't know if we want to call it that. I hear you. It's so slow. Well, I mean, that's true, but the guy's wearing, like, what has to be, like, a 900-pound suit. <laughs> I'm not talking about him. I was talking about Tim Thomason, and I want to give my man Tim the benefit of the doubt. But Jesus Christ, bro. And I know not everybody's Sean Connery. Hardly anybody was. It was just the one guy, really. But Sean Connery, in his, like, fucking 70s, filmed that movie that none of us really like, uh, Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. But he yeah. actually had some on-screen, like, fistfights in that movie. And even in his 70s... When Sean Connery fought on screen, it looked like it hurt when he hit you. Tim Thomerson was maybe in his 50s. And I know he's not an action hero the way that Sean Connery was. Yeah. He wasn't asked to do a lot of that. But I saw like my drunken 70 year old aunt at family get togethers throw stronger haymakers than that shit. <laughs> it just it it was a little painful to watch. I, I was like, yeah, get get him. Do it. Oh, it's like this. And then I was just kind of embarrassed for him. So you thought you were finally going to get a moment with some cool action that you were going to like. And then kind of, I mean, in the end, and I liked some of like kind of his whole thing, you know, very overdone, very almost a a parody of the tough guy thing. I I did not hate Pop Goes the Weasel against my better nature. I didn't hate (laughs) it. I should have said, fuck you, movie. I should have said it the moment he said that. But I didn't. I just kind of went, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I just, I really want to like Tim Thomerson and everything I see yeah. him and I root for him. Because I love Tim Thomerson. He's great. He's great. And I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to say that about the, the on-screen fighting. I know you like your guy. Your, what is it? Zombie-noid? Zombie-toid? Uh, zombie-toid, which I don't understand that uh, name at all. I don't get it, but... And they don't name him in the movie. That's just like from the wiki. <laughs> I got that. What was the baby called again? Baby Oopsie Daisy. Fuck you, movie. So in the terrible ceremony towards the end. The rapey bit? Yes. Am I to assume, <laughs> and I was probably paying more attention than you were, so you probably can't even answer this, but the ceremony was supposed to change Baby Oopsie Daisy from a girl into a boy? So he could have sex with the girl. Is that what was going on? Or maybe I, it was just maybe it was just turning the giving the the baby you know genitalia so he could perform the ceremony because you know the doll probably didn't have any beforehand. No, I I did kind of wonder exactly what the logistics of the whole yeah. you know enterprise were, <laughs> and then I was just like, you know, this is all just very gross. You know, this is all just very very gross. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of rubber bullshit he's trying to throw at this check, but it's not cool. As far as I was to understand, I thought, and again, I only vaguely understood what was going on. There was that weird demonic, it looked kind of like a uh, um, a marionette puppet, but it didn't have strings. The way yeah. it was all loose jointed and stuff, and it had, it, the, the red devil demon puppet yeah. uh, with like the pointed fucking horns and all of that shit. Uh-huh. And they buried it, and that was like the demon father or something. And I think the idea was once the evil little oopsie-daisy bastard raped the girl, that he was going to he was gonna be possessed by the, the demon thing? Wasn't that I, yeah, the deal? I think it was, it was to get, it was to, um, yeah, the baby, the, the pregnancy would result in the demon being born into the real world, like to, into the material world. 
Yeah, see, they didn't really make all that very clear at all. They were they did not do a very good job of, of explaining yeah. it because yeah, but again, by that point, we're at the end, and I'm just praying for it to stop. Sure. So they didn't really need it. <laughs> you know, I, the more I think about it, and I probably shouldn't even bother thinking about it, but the more I think about it, I think Baby Oopsie Daisy was a boy. I'm making some assumptions <laughs> on gender because the 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 uh, the clothes Baby Oopsie Daisy is wearing uh, it's like a baby blue, so he's probably it a boy. was. It was, you're uh, right. So I think I the ceremony that. was just to give him the the junk he needs to perform the ceremony. And we know he has it because it is he's foiled by a classic nut shot from the girl at the end. Yeah. You know what? I take it back. I am kind of mad at you. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here, it's fucking 11 o'clock at night, and I'm talking about rituals that give a fucking evil, sentient baby <laughs> toy like a fucking rubber dinghy. Mm. And and how he's going to use it on this chick? Like I should, I should not be discussing this, Chris. <laughs> well, we we've we we put a good forty plus minutes into it with a few sidebars. We uh, and you know well, what? I'm I'm really not any better than this. This is exactly the kind of thing I should be doing. I'll, I'll wrap it up with something I didn't know until after I watched the movie. Um, I watched uh, the the full moon video zone on YouTube for this movie, uh, which if you're not familiar with the video zone it was like a sort of like a video magazine they would put at the end of the full moon features videos where there was like a little behind the scenes of the movie you just watched and then there was like previews for other full moon features and interviews with you know cast members and stuff that's cool yeah yeah that was something they did in all their uh, movies i guess for a while in the 90s which is kind of ahead of the time it was like special features before dvds you know Although I guess maybe some Laserdiscs had special features too. But um, I learned on that that Quiet Riot did a lot of the soundtrack. Which yeah, they actually, they're in the, the, the main credits uh, at oh, the okay. start. They, there's something about songs by Quiet Riot. And again, Tiff and I looked at each other like, Are you, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that in the, in the credits. I didn't know until afterwards. So that was kind of neat. I don't I don't give a shit about Quiet Riot one way or the other. But hey, they're famous. So it was kind of cool that they got them to do the, do the, uh, the soundtrack. Yeah. Their uh, end credit song is not top notch, quite right, but it's recognizably <laughs> quiet, right? And it's like, yeah, that's cool. I was not unhappy to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, I guess that's all I've got for Doll Man versus the Demonic Toys. Again, I kind of liked it. I understand that, uh, I understand why you hated it. I don't blame you, <laughs> but, uh, but I kind of got a kick out of some of it. And especially watching that video zone thing. It kind of made me want to watch Subspecies, which I've never seen because there was like a preview for it on there. <laughs> oh, cool. And I'm sure there are probably some other full moon features that I'm inter- I would be interested in checking out at some point. So uh, I kind of like Charles Band's, you know, his thing. You know, I like him just being like, hey, we're just going to make low budget uh, genre movies and put them on, you know, flood the video market with this stuff. And they kind of created their own little cult empire of different uh, you know, franchises and stuff. And I've heard him, like I heard him on Mick Garris's podcast uh, a few weeks ago. He seemed like a cool guy. He was on Joe Bob's last drive-in uh, yeah, this yeah. past weekend. So a lot of people are going to be mad because I didn't like this one. But I know that, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I know this was, you know, it wasn't really full moon, but I know it was earlier Charles Band. I did like Tranthers as a kid. I only remember yeah. it so much, but I did really enjoy it. 
you gave uh, you gave Bannon some respect earlier. You didn't. You weren't really insulting. No, him. I don't have anything against him at all. I'm really glad that he's out there and that he's doing things like this because, like I said, he's brought so much joy with these movies to a lot of people that did grow up with him, and they mean so much. I know Patrick Bromley from F This Movie loves this stuff. Like he's got a whole uh, like a, a column devoted to it that every once in a while he'll go back and do another one. And I think that he did uh, that. Full Moon did arcade in the early nineties. I believe so. Um, I saw that. I know I liked it. It had Megan Ward, who we all had a crush on in the early 90s. What, there was something. Oh, what the, when he couldn't do Doctor Strange, they did Doctor Mordred with Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah, I that's only one that vaguely, I definitely want to watch. Yeah, I only vaguely remember that one as well, but I know I saw that in the 90s when I was like a teenager on HBO or some shit when it first came out. So unfortunately, I haven't gotten into a lot of them in a while, but there's definitely stuff he did that. I did like, and that that full moon did. It's just that their biggest ones seem to be Puppet Master, Dollman, and Demonic Toys. And I, I until yesterday, I did not have any <laughs> experience with those <laughs> at all. And just based on that one, it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to? I don't know. I don't think I do. <laughs> I, I think I will watch Dollman just based on your uh, your enjoyment of it. <laughs> Um, and I won't blame you if I don't like it. I will just belittle and make fun of your taste. Hey, that happens to me a lot, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but you know I do it with love. <laughs> I give you a hard time. I give I give people a hard time all the time, especially when they make me watch Dollman versus Demonic <laughs> Toys. So, so Dollman versus Demonic Toys or Chud to Bud the Chud? Ooh, you evil bastard, Bud, <laughs> Bud the Chud. Yeah, hey, I figured that. Bud was- the Chud pretty quickly. <laughs> like I said, that was dumb but fun. You know, and in that one, I could tell I really, really, you know, that's not true, though. I think I would have liked this equally, but different. I wouldn't have liked it the same way as I would Bud the Chud. If I'd seen both of these movies when I was like, OK, let's say 11 or 12. I think I would have loved them both. And I would have loved them for doing the different things that they're doing. I would have loved them yeah. in completely different ways. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're really they have some of the same elements as far as like goofiness and comedy, you know, but they're totally different. Yeah. And I think Bud the Chud clearly had a bit more money, um, yeah. which also doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, they were able to hire someone like Garrett Graham, mm-hmm. you know. And while I love Tim Thomerson, you know, I'm not going to be like, ooh, Tracy Scoggins, A-list. That's horrible. I shouldn't have said that. Nothing wrong with Tracy Scoggins. No, there's not. And she was in some another kind of low-rent B-movie that I saw recently, Time Bomb with Michael Bean. Mm. Um, she was one of the villains in that movie and showed up, kicked a little ass, got killed. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, my only experience with her is uh, these two movies, the two Demonic Toys movies. I think she had come from TV, I think, some kind of soap opera kind of deal. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, but she's fine. She's fine. I, I'm giving people a hard time because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Same. People know. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> but yeah, before we uh, before we jump to like more recent stuff we've watched, Dollman in this movie has a pretty badass firearm. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but uh, he's got like a magnet in his hand that can do the Thor's hammer style where he can just call it back to him at any time. And on his planet, it's super explosive. On Earth, it works more like a regular handgun. <laughs> I think this gun's really cool. So I was going to ask you for your top three fictional firearms. Fictional firearms or fictional weapons? I've got firearms, but if you have weapons in general, go for it. <laughs> I thought you had asked weapons. Um I will start with my number one because I'll change it then. Uh, my number one <laughs> fictional weapon. My number one fictional weapon is the Beast from Mandy. Nice. It's it's metal as fuck. That big like battle axe thing that he forges and shines and mm-hmm. 
kills a couple. I wish he killed like 10 people on screen with it, but he, he uses it a couple of times and it's awesome. It's very bloody. Okay. Uh, firearms. The other two, <laughs> I had two that were fictional firearms. Um, Robocop. Yeah. His big old gun that comes out of his side. It's an awesome, huge ass. <laughs> that was rad the first time we saw it. And he's at the range and they just realized it's just firing off these loud ass bursts of death. And it's like, oh, fuck. The really cool thing was how it the holster is in his leg. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that got me. In. Yeah, I was, I was done. It's killer. I also do really enjoy um, Existence, the Chinese restaurant Bone Gun. You ever seen Cronenberg's Existence? I have not seen it. Okay. I hear good things. There's a scene where, I mean, you're playing an immersive video game, and Jude Law is in the game, and he goes to a a Chinese restaurant. And they bring him this huge, he asks for this specific thing that he's been programmed to ask for, that he's got to ask. He's got to get certain things done like you do in a video game. He's got to pass these specific, uh, he's got to do specific things to pass the mission. He's got to ask for a certain thing, and they bring him this plate of just nonsense it looks like gristle and parts of alien ducks and fish and shit yummy and he starts eating this like mystery meat and stuff and he pulls out bones and the bones that he's cleaning as he's eating it and cleaning it, saying this is just disgusting but my character is doing this and i can't stop it as he's doing it he's taking out these bones and he starts assembling the bones into a gun which he immediately uses to shoot someone in the head it's fantastic it's this weird alien bone to like, and, and the, the bullet is a piece of tooth is oh. a tooth. It's full on Cronenberg nut bar <laughs> central. It's, it's something. It's great. It's fantastic. Existence is one of my all time. I, that's probably top three Cronenberg for me. I don't know if a lot of people feel that way, but I do. And that's awesome. Fictional firearms. Um, shit. Those are the first two that came readily to mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You uh, start talking with yours, and I'll just I'll rack my brain. <laughs> okay, we can swing back around for your third. Event. Yes, yeah, I think you'll have to. I'm going to start racking my brain. What do That's you got, cool. Christopher? What you got? Well, you know, initially I thought about doing weapons, and then I realized, well, it's just going to be three lightsabers if I do that. So uh-huh. I, I, yeah, so I've got uh, firearms, but uh, I have an honorable mention. Because it's not from a movie, it's from a video game. And that's the laptop gun from Perfect Dark. I don't know if you ever played that on the N64. I I have not, but I know the game. Yeah, it's basically like a clone of uh, GoldenEye, which is like one of the most famous or most popular like N64 games, I guess. I've killed uh, a great many people playing GoldenEye. Yeah, yeah, Gold, both great. Perfect Dark is just kind of like a little bit of an upgrade as far as... Uh, it came out like a year or two later. I mean, it's got a, it doesn't have a Bond story. It's got its own uh, storyline. But the laptop gun is basically a sentry gun. So you can like throw it against a wall and any enemies that come near it. It's got like a mini gun on it. So it'll like fire off until it runs out of ammo at anybody that comes near it. Because <laughs> so, that's like my honorable mention. Uh, number three, I've got Reggie Bannister's four barrel shotgun from nice. Phantasm 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. I love the Phantasm movies. Reggie is... Maybe second only to Ash in like horror hero Hall of Fame for me. Fair. I love uh, I love Reggie Bannister. Fair, yeah, fair. He's hot as love, you know. <laughs> exactly. Number two, you already mentioned it, the Auto Nine from RoboCop. Um, I only know it's called the Auto Nine because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, RoboCop is fantastic. N- not much explanation needed. And then number one, really no contest for me. The DL-44 blaster that Han Solo carries in the original Star Wars trilogy uh, is my favorite uh, handgun. I had a toy um, Solo blaster when I was a kid, and 
was one of my favorite toys probably ever and would still be if I still had it. Um, so that's my top three for uh, fictional firearms. Okay, I don't I don't know if this counts, but the Golden Guns, not the mm. Golden Gun, not James Bond. The Golden Guns, the Springfield Armory, Armory 1911 gold-plated 45s that they had made, especially for face-off. Yeah. Does that count? For sure. Can it? <laughs> no question. Because those are my favorite. Those are my favorite firearms in a movie. Yeah. That scene where, you know, he whips that off and it's like, and you see them at the small of his back and they're like, you know, <laughs> mirrored away from each other. And it's like, oh, fuck, John Woo. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's more than fair. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. You're kind of uh, Nick Cage heavy with your list. I like it. <laughs> and, you know, I just recently, if we're talking about recent movies, I saw the Nick Cage movie today. The Unbearable yeah. Weight of Massive Talent. Nice. I haven't I haven't caught it yet. Is it pretty good? It's good. It's good. Yeah. I I think the movie is good. I think Cage and Pascal are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie is definitely worth watching, especially if you like Nick Cage. It goes kind of weird and wacky. It kind of goes a little far in, in weirdness with stuff, especially a character called Nikki. Yeah. Um, and you're like, wow, that's that's some shit. But it also <laughs> kind of doesn't go as far as you might assume it would. Like all of us having seen the preview and know what it's about. You watch it and you go, oh, it's, it's going to go this far, but it's not going to go any farther than that. And again, and I don't mean that to slam it. I just mean that was it was a surprise. It wasn't quite the movie I expected it to be, which is on me. Expectations will destroy your enjoyment of a movie quicker than pretty mm-hmm. much anything. But what I did get was, you know, um, it was fun. It was fun. And Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal are fucking fantastic together. <laughs> I would watch five more movies with those guys like right away. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I... that's why Nick Cage is on the brain. Yeah, he's he's had, you know, kind of a there's been like a Nick Cage renaissance the last, you know, seven or eight years, I guess, uh, mostly with low budget uh, type stuff. And I've liked a lot of that stuff. I I tend to always be a little underwhelmed, like um, Mandy is one that everybody loves and I like it. I thought it was a little overhyped, you know, by the time I actually saw it. But I do. I did like it. And then the other recent one that I was kind of disappointed in was the uh, Prisoners of Shadowland. Is that what it was called? Prisoners of the Ghostland. Ghostland, yeah, that's right. So, have you seen that one? Oh yeah, love it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, but uh, yeah, I was, like, I was kind of underwhelmed by the time I actually yeah. saw it because I was I, maybe I was just a little too excited for it. Like you said, expectations mm-hmm. will kill a, kill a movie sometimes. But um, in those Colorado cases, Space usually is the one of those. it's. It, I, no, I was just going to say, in those cases, usually it's best to go back and watch. You expect one thing, you watch it, and you're almost not able to to really absorb or enjoy what you're watching because it's not what you expected or wanted. Yeah. Now that you know what you're going to get, if you go back and try it again, generally you are watching it for the movie it is, not the one you want, and it goes a lot better the second time. Yeah. Uh, That has happened to me on a number of occasions with movies. So maybe if you go back and watch it, you will enjoy it more, but if you don't, it's also okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely like... Ghostland 1 is weird. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, it, it is. And, uh... Mandy is one that I did watch a second time, and I enjoyed it more the second time. Uh, the one I enjoyed most of the of the recent like low budget Nick Cage stuff is Colorado Space. I really liked that a lot. And then he also had Willie's Wonderland, which mm. I liked. Like I went to watch it with a buddy who seemed kind of disappointed, and I actually really liked it. I thought he was great in it. I thought that was a movie that um, a part of the appeal might be that it's kind of low budget, you know. But I thought it would have it was a movie that would have benefited from more money just because of. Uh, the stuff with the animatronics and the and the creatures and stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
didn't they didn't really sell it as well for me on some in some of that stuff, but I still liked it quite a bit. That one is a real I haven't seen it yet. But that one's a real it's really polarizing. I don't really see people arguing with each other about it. I don't mean it's polarizing, but I mean the opinions are just so divided. I know really? a lot of people who are just like, you know what, that was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who were like, you know what? I'm still mad at that movie. <laughs> uh, it it just the people that like it, a lot of the people that like it seem surprised that they liked it. And I think a lot of the people who don't like it really expected to like it, and they're still pissed off that they didn't. I, I am curious to see what I think about Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. And he's made some interesting movies over the last few years. I'm going to go ahead and forgive you for being the heathen that you are, because Mandy may be one of the greatest movies. I mean, I know it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It may be the greatest movie ever made. That's what I'm getting down to it. And people think I'm kidding when I say that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. There's so much that Mandy does that is what people like to call pure cinema. It's just it's just sheer movie making. It's magic and it's all of the it's it's image and sound together and the way it makes you feel and the it's all of that stuff. Mandy is Mandy is amazing. And I forgive you. I forgive you, Chris, <laughs> because I care about you, brother. I do. You're my boy. Well, I, you know, to your credit, you I did. hear a little dis- dispute. I, I most it's almost universal praise for Mandy. <laughs> I rarely And you see did say you liked it better the second time. You're you're coming around. I'll 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 find a way to have you watch it again. You and you'll like it better. And <laughs> every time you watch it, you'll like it more. And pretty soon you'll 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 be on my side, Chris. You'll be where I am. You'll be in the fold under my cloak of protection and love. That's that's where you'll be. It's all Mandy Same all the time here. over here. That's right, dude. You get it. You get it. <laughs> Let's schedule another viewing of Mandy. Let's do a, a live tweet. It'll work out. Let's do it. That would be cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about pig have you seen pig fuck no i haven't i haven't seen it either so <laughs> we're horrible we're but horrible. i hear yeah i hear good things about it as well yeah i've heard a lot of great things and i think he has said recently that he thinks it's the best work he's ever done that's cool yeah 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 excited very excited to see it and i know it's on hulu which is yeah. why i'm horrible i know it's there i've known it's been there still haven't watched it because fucking dumb it's only so much time <sighs> so uh, what else have you been uh checking out lately anything that you want to shine a spotlight on I have been, I am four movies deep into a five movie series. My wife had not seen the Underworld movie, so we were watching those. What do you think of the Underworld saga? I really liked the first Underworld when it came out. So it's been about, damn, it's been almost 20 years, I guess. It uh, has. I really liked it. I haven't, I've watched it a few times, but not probably in 15 years or so, maybe. The first one, I've, I've kind of been wanting to revisit at least the first couple. Um, but I like the first two. I like the prequel, which was the third one, right, with Rona Mitra. That's right. I remember liking that one. And then I thought it kind of went off a cliff. I didn't really like the next. How many have they done? Two more since then? Yeah, they've done five. Yeah, I, I remember not liking the fourth one much and ah. and not liking the fifth one much. But it's uh, those are, you know, I've only seen those once, and it was when they were, were released. Hugh, monster. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and of course it's cool. I mean, a lot of people don't really like any of them. You know, it's a, they're very analogous to the Resident Evil series to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just because Screen Gems puts them both out, but they're both kind of the same thing. It's just, it's McDonald's, you know, <laughs> it's fast food. And that's fine. I happen to think these are very tasty, you know, little value meals of fast food. Um, I hadn't seen... The first one since Jesus Christ, 2005, somewhere around there, somewhere. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of fun. Very gothy, very mm-hmm. Matrix influenced, very of its yeah, moment. Yeah, I was going to um, say very of that era. Yeah. But it's cool. I kind of miss that era. I miss the way stuff was filmed and shot and the style. 
it has a lot of mythology in the first two movies, uh, especially. It kind of it doesn't do anything that feels out of bounds with anything they established in the later movies, not to me. But they do kind of, like you said, they kind of go away from some of the stuff in the first three. I think the second one is probably the best movie. Mm-hmm. It's a great. They've already said uh, they've already established a lot of the lore and the look and the style of it, so you kind of know what to expect. And there's still some great action and some cool, you know, again, mythology and lore and stuff. And I think it's probably just the best mix of all of that all around. The third one is fun because it's, you know, it's medieval, again, gothy vampires and werewolves, you know. When you realize that the hook of the story, at least in the beginning of it, the idea is that the vampires used werewolves as slaves to guard over them while they slept. When you hear that, you're like, why hasn't anyone done that before? Mm Mm-hmm. Or something that, you know, if someone has, it's not been in anything I read or saw in a movie or show. You know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised no one ever kind of hit on that. It's 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 cool that they did. Um, and then the fourth one is just kind of, it's just really them focusing on action, which I really appreciate. It's super gory, really violent. It moves very quickly. I think it may be the most fast paced of all of them. I, I think four is the most fun that I have had with all of them. I think, I think the second is the best movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but four is I, I had the most fun with four, and we're gonna probably watch part five this week. Okay. And I've I've really enjoyed revisiting them. I'm glad I did. I'm I'm assuming you have uh, have them, but are they are they streaming anywhere that you know of? I think actually they are. I found a like a digital bundle on sale on Vudu um, like a month or so ago, and it was very cheap for like all five movies. I think it was like just around twenty bucks. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I can't pass that up. They might be on. I'll actually look real quick. Yeah, I think they're all on HBO. Oh, okay. HBO Max or what have you. Yeah, the I really like the look, the way, like you said, the, the way they were filmed and uh, the stylishness of it. And I like the lore. And I think we, I might have talked a little bit about this on our Full Eclipse episode, that like werewolves are kind of my favorite monster. <laughs> and mm. and it's we don't see a ton of werewolves in movies, like not as much as other, you know, not as much as zombies, not as much as vampires. You know, we werewolves are kind of, underdelivered in a way. Yeah, they're always um, harder to do in terms yeah, of special true. effects. I think that's yeah. why people tend not to. Zombies and vampires are very easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and but it was you, you, the idea of the of like a, an eternal war basically between <laughs> werewolves and vampires very cool concept. So I I do I did like the early ones didn't and the same like you compared it to the Resident Evil franchise and that's apt I think you know the first Resident Evil I really love the second and thirds were pretty good. Uh, I liked them. And then after that, I, I quickly thought they devolved into terrible <laughs> movies. Like, no. Chris is like, no. <laughs> but yeah, but the early ones especially uh, are very cool. Very fun. And that's cool. Well, that's just one of the things I've been doing lately. And then, like I said, the Nick Cage movie, which is good. And I would definitely recommend to anybody who loves movies, especially Nicolas Cage movies. I think Nicolas Cage super fans, of which there's quite a few, I think they're really going to love it. And to be fair, there's a lot of really cool stuff in it. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend that. So is it, uh, did you rent it or is it streaming somewhere? Um, Actually, yeah, no, uh, you can get the digital code. I was lucky enough to have oh. a buddy who hooked me up with one. I think he just bought the the disc. I think he went out and bought, bought the blue. Yeah, yeah a lot. Of, it seems like Hulu ends up with a lot of that stuff pretty quickly. Like, not specifically Nick Cage movies, but just like <laughs> a lot of movies that are kind of lower like not big movies that end up they still get theatrical releases they seem they tend to end up on hulu it seems like before uh the other streaming services so i didn't know if maybe it was already on there or whatever but no i wouldn't be surprised if it does you have a good point hulu does 
end up with a lot of interesting stuff. What else did oh speaking of streaming services with interesting stuff, uh Friday night I watched Doctor Strange. Nice. I was gonna see if you check that out. Yeah, did you did you enjoy it? Fucking loved it, dude. I, I love Marvel movies, man. I mean in yeah. I am not as into comic books as as you are. I don't know all of it the way you do. Mm-hmm. I definitely would not feel comfortable speaking on a podcast about it the way you do. I'd feel like <laughs> out of place. I don't know enough. You know, there's definitely comic books that I grew up reading and loving. And I did read Marvel when I was a kid. Uh, my favorite was Moon Knight, which makes me weird because most people are like, Ooh, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> or Captain America. And I'm like, no, fuck that Moon Knight. He's he's the shit. But I love these movies. They just make me happy. They're what that inner kid who grew up reading comic books and enjoying them to a great degree, even if I didn't become very intent on collecting them or, or geeking out about those the way I do other things. Yeah. Um, The Marvel movies are sick, dude. I fucking Mm -hmm. love them. I love them. And yeah, I mean, it's for, for a kid who, you know, read comics religiously almost since he was 10 or nine or 10. (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. and, And some of my buddies that did the same, like it's, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just who could have ever imagined. Like, um, um, it was it was not cool to be into comics when I was sixteen. So, <laughs> uh, to the, the fact that these are like the biggest movies in the world now, and it's awesome. I love it, and it, it, they, they get a lot of heat when people talk about. Like, well, we don't get any movie, good movies anymore because it's just fucking combo movies, Marvel movies all the time. And it's like they do like two Marvel movies a year. If you want to say it's all franchises, yeah, that's a valid point. But don't throw it all on don't throw it all at Marvel's feet. <laughs> no, it's not the fault of the movies. It's just people go. Right. You know, that's what people go to see. And so they're going to, of course, make more. And as far as like the, the frequency of it, they were making like what felt like 40 fucking Westerns a year every year <laughs> for like 20 years. Yeah. Maybe more. You know, there there was just a, a glut of westerns. You know, and then uh, crime dramas, film noirs. They made a shit ton of those too. And I think that per capita, really, you know, if that's how we're looking at it, they make less <laughs> Marvel movies, hell, less sure. superhero movies overall than they did every year for westerns. Maybe they're making less movies overall now. Yeah, and that kind of sucks. And I do lament that the mid-range budget film for smaller stories or more human scale stories are now on TV where they would have gone to movies. Sure. Uh, I miss that stuff too, but you know, I'm not, I'm not ever going to be mad at, I'm not mad at it. (laughs) I'm not going to be mad at it. This is amazing. Hell, I mean, our buddy Kyle, he and I were talking when Iron Fist came out and everybody hated it. Yeah. And compared to the stuff we got when we were coming up, like the flash TV show, which was Jesus, (laughs) which was good. We, 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 definitely trained ourselves to see the good in something like the flash yeah and there's definitely things that we liked about it iron fist as as flawed as it was is Mm. leaps and bounds ahead of the flash man yeah you know what i mean and so we would talk about how if we had gotten something on the level of iron fist back in say 1995 for tv we would have been blown the fuck away Mm -hmm. yeah you know and really what it came down to was everyone got spoiled Iron Fist is not the worst thing ever. It's not the greatest. No, it's got problems for sure. People act like it's this drooling, limping, like mutant of a, <laughs> and it's not, it's not. None of these movies are people are like, Oh, Marvel movies. Isn't that, you know, I saw someone being real shitty with a screen cap of Wanda calling herself. She's like, I'm a mother. And they're like, Oh my God, this is just the worst dialogue. And I'm like, maybe to you, like your favorite movies, fucking Ingmar Bergman and shit, which is great. <laughs> that is poetry. That is art. And we love it. And it has its place. But to your average motherfucker who just enjoys experiencing movies, 
They don't give a shit who wrote it. They don't ever want to know who directed it. They want to go have a good time. Yeah. To someone like that who's just watching it on that level, something it, that's going to speak to a lot more people. They understand that. They get it. And I'm not saying it's because they're stupid. It's it's not that at all. It's not the same thing. It doesn't talk down to them either. It's talking to them on their level, and it's very straight ahead. And the emotions are very understandable, and they're very accessible. That's what people don't get about the Marvel movies. They're like, oh, how can someone get invested? It's really fucking simple, actually. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's really simple to get invested in that shit. And it, maybe it just understands the common man better than, like, you do, Mr. I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> fucking the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie that's coming out because I appreciate Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, guess what? I do, too, asshole. It doesn't make you better than me. I just like to watch Marvel <laughs> movies, too. Suck it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I get. I get. Every time this happens, every time a new one is is released or or reaches yeah. a wider platform, when they come out in theaters, this happens. When it hits video or streaming, it happens. And when it oh, when the trailer's out, they're doing it with love with a uh, Thor: Love and Thunder right now. And it's fucking tiring. And I hate people thinking that they're <laughs> better than these things because they're not. Just because they're popular doesn't mean they suck. And they'll be all shitty. Go no, they suck because they suck. No, they don't. You know, I know fucking bad incompetent shoddily made movies these are not that you just don't like them for whatever reason and and people nowadays think i don't like it therefore it must not be good and that's just not the fucking case <sighs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know you mentioned you know people most people the average guy doesn't care about who wrote or directed a movie and i think that's true my nephew he's he's 15 but he'll be 16 in a couple months but uh he had a basketball tournament this weekend and uh, i went and while we were there, I asked him about the black phone, kind of teasing him, like, are you, you going to make your dad take you to see the black phone? Because <laughs> he doesn't really like horror movies. And uh, he asked who directed it. Really? And I was like, you know, if that's awesome that he he's curious, <laughs> you know, like that that's that's the question he would uh, his first question basically would be, be that. So that's that's kind of encouraging that, you know, he's <laughs> he's really into movies anyway. But like he actually has learned that that stuff matters, you know, and yeah. you can kind of cater your taste to to. Uh, to the filmmakers behind the movies, you kind of know what to expect and stuff. Yeah. And, and it tells you not just where they come from or, or it, like you said, like lets you know if your tastes are going to match up. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love that. I always love when a kid, your nephew, whoever is basically <laughs> like that. Tell me of this artist's previous works. Good. Sir, so that I may, <laughs> I may consider where this may sit in my new pantheon, you know, or whatever. And it's great. It's great when they. And again, I am that movie geek. You are that movie geek. We want to know. And when a younger person does it, it does make us kind of go, "Oh, another one's in the fold." <laughs> we fucking love it. You want to talk about directors? Let's talk about directors. I'll tell you everything this motherfucker did. You know, let let's chat it out. But you know, you working in a movie theater all that time, you there's people who come at least once a week, I bet, and probably yeah. could not tell you anything about who directed any of it. But they go. Mm-hmm. They love to go to the movies. Yeah. And they just sit there and be like, woohoo, and then it's over. <laughs> they go home. And if it was a really good one, they'll they'll watch it again or they'll buy a copy or what have you. But they don't fucking care that the director was John Watts and that he had a lot of promise with Cop Car, but now he's <laughs> doing Marvel movies and it's shad. He should be doing something of substance. You know, he's squandering all that stuff on oh, but now he's doing the old man on FX. This is what I thought he would be doing. Blah blah blah. No one gives a fuck. No one cares. I mean I do. I care. You care. But we're crazy about this shit. We have yeah. problem. We have a problem, Christopher. We do. We're not well. <laughs> <laughs> I've we're, that we're making a little podcast thing. We're recording an episode of radio in old timey style. 
to just babble about movies, man. So no, we're not normal like regular people. But those regular people, I think people like you and me who who really do love this stuff and take it so seriously enough that we would do something like this, we forget that, you know, those regular people, they love this shit too. They just, they may not love it the same way we do, but that doesn't mean that their love is invalid, you know? And I think people write that off. They're like, oh, they're popular. Yeah, (laughs) they're really good. They're a lot of fun. They make people happy. Oh, it's so awful. They make people happy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been, I'm, I think I've been on Twitter too much recently. Sometimes you just got to take a break. Yeah, yeah. But you but, liked Doctor uh, Strange and the Multiverse. Oh, Wars. my God. I love it. <laughs> I loved the movie as a movie. I love. I loved it as a Marvel movie. I... I had seen some people say, you know, the way it, it ties into WandaVision, it's it kind of it's a little wobbly. And I don't I didn't fucking care. I felt it worked just fine. I understood. I thought it was I thought it made the ending of WandaVision better. <laughs> yeah. And and spoilers for Doctor Strange, if anyone's listening, like jump ahead a minute or something. Sure. I had been spoiled online a little bit and found out oh, yeah. that Wanda was the villain and nothing that I'd seen in her arc from the previous movies through WandaVision made me think, oh, that doesn't jive up. (laughs) No, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see how that would happen. Um, But for whatever reason, I assumed that it would be a late reveal in the movie. Right. Almost like she would start like good and something would happen and she would realize, no, I need to do this. And she would go bad and we would see it happen. Whereas in the movie itself, he goes to get her help. And in that scene where she gets reintroduced into the movie proper, we see her uh, at a little bit of, we see her having a dream about her kids, which is what the whole point is. When he goes to see her and it immediately announces her as the villain, I was like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> oh, okay. So they're, you guys aren't bearing the lead. You're not hiding it. Like immediately she's, she's the bad guy, but she's so good. Elizabeth Olsen. And they wrote it so clearly. It's a lady who went mad with grief. Yeah. That's That's all it is. And you can, we, you should be able to empathize with that. If you're a human being, it's, it's not someone who wants to be vindictive, you know, it's just like you with Dollman and demonic toys. You were trying to, hurt, <laughs> you know, and Wanda doesn't want to hurt anybody either. Don't, Wanda just wants her kids. She wants the life that she believes she has deserved after a lifetime of suffering and pain. And it's so good. She yeah. plays. And there's also so- the element of the dark hold and like yes. how much influence did it have? It's definitely back. corrupting. Yeah. The exactly. movie makes that clear. And, and the fact that strange toyed with it some you know that they have that now in their hip pocket yeah whether they bring it out the next movie or the movie after that or the big you know the next big avengers thing and it comes out at the exact worst time when they're trying to save the world oh yeah dark holds come to take its toll and get its payment you know so it, yeah and of course sam raimi yeah. what can we say about sam raimi as the youths of today are like <laughs> to say he understood the assignment because of fucking course he did he's sam raimi motherfuckers <laughs> People out there going, oh, it's too much like a 90s horror movie. You shut your whole mouth. <laughs> shut it. Or we, there's a many of us who will shut it for you, believe me. Yeah, we, we will not stand for Raimi slander. <laughs> Sam Sam has put in the work. He's done yeah, too the much. The Raimi elements were uh, the, the, the best parts of the movie, really, for me. And I liked it anyway. But, like, just seeing all that stuff back on the big screen was pretty, or in, in a movie in general, is pretty awesome. Yeah. And you can really tell. It was like, it was his signature stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like the only person that does that is Sam Raimi. Or maybe, you know, people trying to rip off Sam, Sam Raimi. <laughs> we just kind of throw them out like, fuck you. You can't rip off the master. You suck. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but even from, from the beginning, like the first big, the real big action set piece with the big Cyclops tentacle monster thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're fighting on the side of the building. Man, how, how can you watch something like that and not feel just lighter than air with joy and sheer wonder and like clapping your hands and laughing and like just exclaiming in glee. How could you not have that reaction? That stuff just, it's just, I love all kinds of movies and I love when I learn things about my fellow human beings on this planet and I get to know them better and it's deep and it's thoughtful and it's like moving and shit. I love that stuff. I don't ever want to do without it, but God damn it. This to me is like, it could never exist in the real world. And that's why we need it in movies. That's what yeah. movies are for because it can show us things we'd never see and we can be right there and experience it and have fun with it and clap our hands and laugh like a child. Like, and I do that shit. I'm not fucking embarrassed. <laughs> I've done that shit in a movie theater. I will clap my hands and giggle and people want to look at me weird, move away, fucking, you know, make room, <laughs> make room. Cause I'm going to be right here. I love it. Sorry. I, I, I had a great time with that. I was so happy. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's great, dude. I fucking love that movie. And Rachel McAdams, the great Rach. Had more to do. Always welcome. The new girl, America Chavez, who has a first name I, I, I don't even want to attempt to pronounce without hearing someone else do it first. <laughs> Not because I'm the ugly American. Well, partially because I'm the ugly American and we're lazy like that. But I don't want to fuck it up. I respect that young lady. She was great. That, that character's great. Yeah, nothing but nothing yeah, but love for that movie. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the Illuminati stuff as well. Um, I wasn't expecting like... You know, that went in a different direction. <laughs> we've already we've already put out a spoiler warning and I'll have time codes uh, anyway. So <laughs> okay. I'll just say Captain uh, Carter, Captain Carter, Captain Carter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it was awesome to see Captain Carter. And, oh, and uh, I was not expecting him to be dispatched <laughs> quite that way. They all uh, got fucking aced, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty sweet. I was a little perplexed that Mordu, you know, he was basically the, the Sorcerer Supreme of that universe they were in. And Strange kind of made a reference to how the one from his world hates him. And I wonder if they're playing it like now they've already had their confrontation. It was kind of set up in the at the end of the first Doctor Strange movie. Mm, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because he, he, kind of, he might have even said he tried to kill me or something like that. He, I think he said has been trying to kill me. Okay. Like it's like so, been like a number of occasions. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So I, I don't I don't know if that means that relationship's not really going to go anywhere in the future Doctor Strange movies. Who knows? But I just thought that was kind of an interesting line that he threw out there. But yeah, I loved I loved that movie and and seeing you know a Sam Raimi movie for the first time in a decade, <laughs> and a good one for the first time in like thirteen years. <laughs> seeing another one, it, it kind of set me off on a, on a Sam Raimi kick. So I've been watching a lot of his movies the last month or so. <laughs> and never a bad thing. I actually picked up the uh, Screen Factory Blue of Darkman a couple of weeks ago, knowing that whenever I got around to Doctor Strange, I would want to watch it. And I think I'm going to do that tomorrow for my birthday. It'll be one oh, of the many cool. birthday. I didn't realize tomorrow was your birthday. Sweet. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We, I am turning 47 tomorrow. Woo! Nice. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. I'm very old. I will make it quick. I also saw uh, the Chadwick, Bo the late, great Chadwick, Bo Chadwick Boseman. We miss you, sir. 21 Bridges. I finally got around to watching that. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? I have not seen that one. I fucking loved it. It's what <laughs> they call a dad movie, obviously, because it's, you know, like this crime drama and stuff. Yeah. It's nothing specifically new. No, not at all. But just because it doesn't reinvent the wheel doesn't mean it doesn't spin the hell out of it. It's a really... If you are a fan of those kinds of movies, it delivers exactly what you want it to be. <laughs> it may not do anything above and beyond what you want, mm -hmm. but it 
it will it will deliver what you are hoping for better than you thought it would. It's really good, man. I fucking I was really surprised. I loved it so much. Yeah. Because I dislike that kind of movie. I like a good crime drama, cops and robbers, you know, all in one night chase kind of. Yeah. Give me 10 of those. <laughs> give me 10 of those. I'll watch one a month until I'm done. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I, I highly recommend it. If you like, I mean, most of us have seen the preview or know what it is. And if you like movies like that, it's a really good version of that movie. It's got some good actors in it. No one embarrasses themselves. Everyone's very good. Uh, Chadwick is really good. Again, bless his soul. Sienna Miller. Do you know Sienna Miller, the English actress? I'm sure you mm-hmm. recognize her. Yeah. She's one of those people, man. And it, she does not do anything mind-blowing. And she's very good in it. You know, she's very solid, I would say. Not very good. Yeah. She's t- solid in her part. But she's one of those when she first shows up, you know, 20 years ago, you think, oh, it's just some, you know, British lady who maybe had competed in pageants or had modeled. Or and we all, you know, write people off like that for being too pretty, you know, men and women alike. You just kind of assume they're just a pretty face and the, you, they either get better on the job, which is what I think happened to Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt always had charisma. Like yeah. from the moment he showed up, he was charismatic. But I think just doing the job over and over, he got, he was never a bad actor, but now he's a, he's a great actor, I think. I think he's legitimately great. And I don't think he was great when he started. And I don't know, maybe Santa Miller always was, but she's one of those to me that over the years, as I see her, I'm like, holy fuck, she's really <laughs> good. And either she always was and just wasn't getting the roles to show that range or, or her skill, or she just got better on the job. Maybe Gemma Arterton did that too, because I know mm. when she first showed up, she was literally hired just to be pretty. And she, you know, very much was that. But you watch something like Byzantium, you know, and you go, oh, my, oh, my Christ, this this lady can act her ass off. I love that. I always get so excited when that kind of thing happens because I love to see it. And Sienna Miller is is a really good actress. And I wasn't I didn't expect to have that thought of her when she, you know, I didn't expect to be down the road and go like, yes, yeah, Sienna Miller's a fine, hugely talented young lady who is older than me. So she's young. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else from uh, from your recent watching? Watch John Wick 2 tonight. That movie still kicks ass. Yep. <laughs> so um, I don't I don't think yeah. we've ever talked about John Wick uh, oh. three. We we did a live tweet on the first two. I assume you like John Wick three as well. It's my favorite. Really? I have enjoyed each one more than I did the one before it. And I gave the original John Wick when I saw it in the theaters. I walked out going, "That's a new action classic!" Like immediately, <laughs> just that that's that's in the pantheon now. That's in the canon. That's yeah. a five star flick. And then I saw the second one. I'm like, well, this one's better. <laughs> <laughs> or I like it better. It, it doesn't really matter if it is better. I yeah. enjoy it more. Whenever we say something is the best, what we really mean is I like it more than the other ones that year. <laughs> and yes, uh, John Wick 3. Love love John Wick 3. That's my favorite. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite where I think they I like them less as the series goes, but I still love all of them. Like even the third one, which I have problems with. They're just those movies are incredible. They wreck <laughs> ass. I, yeah, I could I could watch them over and over, and I, and I do, and will continue to do so. That's what I'm saying. I think tomorrow I may do John Wick three because I did two tonight, and I was thinking I may just end off the birthday of, of movies with that. I have so many movies to watch though. I don't know. I can't watch them all tomorrow, and I want to. I want to see Bring the Head. <laughs> I have Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, the '70s Sam Peckinpah existential shoot 'em up with uh, War Notes. I mm-hmm. want to watch that. I got the Godfather movies in a set in Blu-ray, and I haven't. I've never seen the new version of Godfather Three: Coda, The Death of Mark, Michael Colleone. Yeah, I've seen that, and I want to. There's too much, man. There's just too much to watch. It's always too much stuff. But um, somehow, I still make time for Dollman 
It's how much I care about you, Chris. It's how much I take this whole project seriously. Sir. It's it's much appreciated. <laughs> a couple of the TV shows I wanted to ask you about, and you may not have, you may not be caught up on all of, on uh, both of them, but Stranger Things. Uh, have you watched uh, all of season four? I have, or at least what we've got so far. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, it's nuts how it's been longer this season, and you can feel it. I'm not mad at it. I do <laughs> wonder why they've done it this way because it just doesn't feel. I'm not going to say it doesn't feel right because it doesn't feel yeah. wrong. It doesn't feel like the previous three seasons. You yeah. you can just feel your body can tell it's going longer than an episode <laughs> normally does. Exactly. And I guess these last two are both feature length size. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I think the first one is 90 minutes or around an hour and a half. And I think the second one is close to two hours. Not with me. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. What did you think of the season? Uh, I, overall, I liked it a lot. It may be my least favorite. I don't know really uh, because yeah. the first like three or four episodes, it just the tone of it felt so different. Like it was much more of a horror themed. But as the series or as the yeah as the as the season went along, I thought it kind of settled into more of the rhythm of the older uh, uh, seasons that I, which I liked more. I thought a lot of it was getting the characters. To, to together, like having Hopper and uh, oh Joyce, yeah Joyce back together, and um, having some of the combinations of the kids back together, I thought it got stronger as it went along, and I ended up really liking the season so far. Yeah, I think that, and I hadn't really thought about it. A lot of the, all of the previous seasons, they all do a thing where certain characters will get split up. Yeah, and it's all about getting them back together, and it's it's really it works really well. It's very, uh, it delivers when they all get back together. Usually it's like, yeah, yeah, that really strong <laughs> feeling, you know, and, and the show really, doesn't. Yeah, they really stumbled onto some gold in season two when they realized Steve, Steve and, and Dustin together. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. Uh, it's a great combo. They realized that Steve was great with the kids. And it's funny yeah. because, you know, they have to have him acknowledge that and, you know, bitch about being a babysitter. I think you're right. I, I think you're, you're, you're dead on. It's, it's more horror. But I felt three was the most horror centric of them up till that point. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting that feeling again. And I think it's it's really turned towards horror. Uh, the first two were kind of their own thing. The third season to me felt like it was the big budget popcorn movie version of yeah. uh, the show, which I didn't have a problem with at mm-hmm. all. It just felt very much like this is going to be our, our crowd pleasing summer blockbuster <laughs> season. And it, and it was and it was great. Yeah. Um, and it did lean kind of horror in that. And I think that they were making it clear when they had the kids go to see Dawn, uh, Day of the Dead at the theater yeah. at the mall in the early going. This one, though, is a little bit more hardcore with the horror. And I know that there are people and I, that I've seen online who this is their favorite season so far. And that's why. It's because it, it strikes them as the most horror centric. And that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. It is it is a, a love letter to all of the 80s pop culture, genre pop culture. And while the first couple seasons may have skewed more sci-fi, there was always horror elements in it, you know, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see it. So, yes, I'm caught up and I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it, too. I'm kind of curious what your favorite season is, if you even have one. It seems from what I see online and then on, listening to podcasts about, you know, genre stuff, it always seems like I hear people saying that season two is the worst. Some people I've even heard, like, they didn't even watch season two. They just skipped it because they heard how bad it was or whatever. Really? Uh, personally, because I think when you, best. I'm a, that's my favorite season. I was going to say, when you asked just now, I was like, well, it's probably season two. <laughs> yeah, and that, I really love that. 
I really love that that episode where Eleven leaves and goes to Chicago or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and everyone that else seems hates to be that. The, one of the things people and I don't. Uh, to be honest, I don't like that episode. I think it's the, <laughs> I think it's the weak spot in the season, and the only part of it that I don't that I really don't like. But that's and that's one of the things people a, a lot of times seem to point to is is the stuff with the other kids. But I mean, I'm like, it's just one episode really. <laughs> and overall, I like the second season, you know, the most, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love them all. And the first one was just, I hadn't seen anything like that on TV when the first one came, that was that level of quality. It had the resources to look really cool. I wasn't having to overlook anything like that. And I generally don't, it's like, you know, my brain goes, okay, it looks and, and it, it is the way it is deal with the story or the characters or whatever. And if those sucked, then we have a problem. But I'd never seen anything just kind of deliver on all the levels the way the show did. And while also being exactly the kind of story I love to be told, playing on stuff that is very nostalgic to me and stuff that I came up on and still like when they tell stories like that. So, I mean, yeah, it was like it was made for me. Mm-hmm. And the second season felt like a better version, not better, just just a little bit more of everything in, in a in a really satisfying way. And yeah, th- three was really great, but did not feel as it sounds stupid to say intimate. But yeah, it just it, it felt like a little bigger scale, like I said, more of the the summer blockbuster version of the show. And it turns out I like that one, too. So and this one has some of that, but is also going back to like the really weirdo fucked up horror stuff of the first couple of seasons. Yeah. It gets an A from me, Christopher. That's what I'm <laughs> awesome. saying. It gets an A. Hey, same here. What about Obi-Wan? Have you, or Obi-Wan Kenobi? Have you uh, caught all those? I have not even watched an episode. <laughs> okay. And it sucks because I've meant to. Yeah. I haven't even watched all of Ms. Marvel. And I, I love the one I saw. Mm-hmm. Love it. And I mean, and I know I'll keep loving it and I mean to go back to it. But as we've said, too much stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I've watched the first two Miss Marvel episodes, but it's uh, it's very good. I like it a lot. It's very fun. Uh, Obi Wan. I'll just say I really liked it. I mean, it's not saying a whole lot because I'm predisposed to like anything with a lightsaber in it. <laughs> yeah, I really loved Obi Wan. Uh, there were a few episodes, kind of like Boba Fett. Uh, there are a few episodes that were a little slower that I didn't care as much for, but overall, Obi Wan was awesome, and I'm going to be rewatching it over and over again. <laughs> Awesome. That's what you want to hear. Uh, a couple of movies I wanted to see if you had, had, had caught yet. A lot of these are on Shudder, which is where I watch them. Uh, Hellbender. Have you watched Hellbender yet? Hellbender. Is that the recent one? Um, like, I uh, the think, witchy I mean, one? Yes, it's, it's been out on Shudder for a couple months. But A witchy one? A mother yes. and daughter kind of thing? Yeah. I have not, but I want to. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had it on my list anyway, but then it was on The Last Drive-In and, and the cast and... and direct the, the it was made by like a family which was kind of interesting it was like a mother uh husband and daughter kind of made it independently okay so they talked about it on the on the show and stuff but it was really interesting it was a lot different than i expected it to be and i ended up liking it quite a bit uh but definitely recommend that one more recently off season jocelyn donahue um that one's on the list so yeah, it's jocelyn Don- and mickey keating i like more of his movies than i don't and i like him yeah, he had done um, Carnage Park. I think that's the only thing of his that I've actually seen, um, which I liked. I didn't really like Off Season a whole lot. Uh, I know it's it's. I think it's it's gotten a lot of good responses. So I'm kind of in the minority. But as I was watching it, it just made me think like these low, like these really low budget, small cast horror movies. 
are just ripe for parody at this point because there's a lot of the you see a lot of the same stuff happening like you know you know you're gonna get really long drone shots of the (laughs) of you know the the landscape and you know quote-unquote atmosphere (laughs) and Mm. to me it was just a it was like an hour and 25 minute movie that would have been a really good episode of masters of horror like if they if they had cut it down to about 50 minutes it would have been really really good and effective jocelyn donnie was really good in it she's always good i love her she's fantastic i'm I'm a fan yeah but but overall i was kind of disappointed and it's definitely got some cool stuff in it and it's it's worth seeing for sure i just thought it was just needlessly drawn out gotcha but a lot okay. of people love it so you know whatever you know me and a buddy did a, a um, an animation double feature last weekend and we watched spine of night and mad god or uh-huh. Phil it's mad god uh, those are both on shutter as well have you caught either one of those i have seen some of spine of night and i really liked what i saw mm-hmm. um i am going to make a point to go back and watch it um under very specific circumstances i'll say that <laughs> probably I, I i liked what i saw and yeah. i and i i thought it's it's probably better to go about it a certain way so i'm gonna do that um have not seen mad god yet i've i've heard varying responses to that some people just could not hang yeah uh, I, I, I appreciated the artistry of it and the hard work that it clearly took yes and the, the mastery of Tippett, who you know we all know is a fucking a mad god um <laughs> But I also saw some people like, you know, yeah, it's their favorite movie of the year and it's a masterpiece. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I know I want to see it. I don't know how I'm going to like it, though. Yeah, it, you may want to watch that one under a certain set of circumstances. <laughs> well, Spine of Night, I really liked, especially like the first 20 minutes or so and the last 20 minutes or so. Very, I really liked those sections, the middle part of the movie, not as much, but overall, I liked it a lot. And it's one that I'll probably ch- check out again. It's very heavy metal-ish. Not yeah. as good as heavy metal, yes. but uh, very cool, very very much worth watching if you're into like the super violent uh, adult animation stuff. Then who isn't? I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, Mad God, I wasn't really that into. That's one that it's it's like an hour and twenty minutes. I think I could have definitely hung in there for maybe half an hour if it had been like a half an hour thing. But like over the course of over an hour, I just kind of lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is very like again, like you said the. The craft and the time. I mean, I think he took. I think it, he made it over the course of like twenty years. Yeah. Um. It's it's extremely impressive. I just didn't find it to be all that entertaining. So. Yeah, and that 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 happens. We can appreciate the craft and the work that was put in and all that, and we can appreciate and respect all that all day. Yeah. We're not trying to take away from anything, but we can also be like, it just didn't fucking work for me. <laughs> you know, doesn't mean I think the dude didn't do something amazing. It's just didn't. Didn't blow my skirt up, brother. Sorry. <laughs> um, the last one I wanted to, uh, to to jump into, which I'm sure you haven't seen yet, is The Black Phone, uh, Scott Derrickson's new horror movie based on a Joe Hill short story. And the main reason I wanted to get your two cents on it is, I know you're a big Stephen King guy. I am. Uh, what about Joe Hill? Or, or I'm a fan of his. H- have you read a lot of Joe Hill books? I have read a fair amount of Joe Hill. When he first came out with Heart Shaped Box, I was over the moon. I just thought, fuck, man, this is so great. And I still do like him very much. Um, I love the uh, collection 20th Century Ghosts that the Black Phone is from. Mm -hmm. There's just some absolutely 10 out of 10 top-notch short stories in that thing. He's a really good writer. I did not care for, I think it may be 
I don't know if he's released one since then. Uh, one of his, if not his most recent novel, one of his most recent novels, The Fireman. Yeah. I got maybe halfway into that. And it just, it seemed to be going in a direction that was very familiar to me, where it's like, it felt like it's the end of the world scenario kind of thing. But really, mm-hmm. we all find out that whatever it is that ends the world, while still a definite threat that we have to watch out for, the real problem is people. Yeah. <laughs> and not that that's not true. Not that that hasn't been told in a fucking million, trillion, countless stories because that's how it goes. It's just, I was, it felt like he was trying to do something in the vein of his dad. And I'm probably wrong. I, I He may not have had his dad on the mind very much. I know he named some characters out of, like he mixed some character names from the stand and then put them in this book. And it seems to be, I felt at the time it's like he was flashing out at people who were like, oh, he's just his dad. And I don't think he is. Yeah. I don't think he was. People got mad when he did Nosferatu, which I thought was a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, I love it. But they were like, yeah. But they were like, this is just a King ripoff. I'm like, no. (laughs) And if he's, if you know what, if he's influenced by Stephen King at all, it's because he writes horror in a Mm -hmm. post-20th century world. There is before Stephen King and there is after Stephen King. He had that much of an influence on the genre, even though... He's his kid. He's still going to be influenced by him just because of that. But I didn't feel like he was ripping him off in Nosferatu, whereas this one, it felt like. And again, I'm probably wrong, but it felt like he was like, people just keep saying I'm like my dad. Well, you want to see what it's like when I'm trying to write like my dad here? Here's this. You know, it's still going to be me. But it did feel kind of like his dad. It felt like I don't I don't know. I didn't like it as much. I really didn't. And I I had intended to go back to it. Part of me still intends to. I don't know when that will be. We'll probably have to start over. Because it's been years now. So I, I like I like Joe Hill. I really do like the Black Phone story, though. I am very excited to see the movie. Cargill's a great writer. Derrickson is a hugely talented writer and director. I think he's a bit up his own ass. I think he's kind of pretentious. His base, <laughs> not, not through anything of his art. His yeah. movies don't feel pretentious. I'm talking about stuff I've seen him say on Twitter. It's like, kind of cringy, bro. You're a little bit, all right, all right. Little fucking frou-frou, hoity-toity. Okay. I have a problem with that but his movies are amazing sinister is one of the best horror movies in the last 20 years at least mm. so yeah, yeah i'm really excited what i need to revisit because i you know i saw it in theaters and i enjoyed it but i didn't think it was i just it just didn't have the impact on me that it seemed to have on most people that watched it i uh I, just, I didn't. I like it. I didn't love it, and I think I need to revisit that at some point because I definitely think a rewatch is in order. Then <laughs> it's one of my favorite campfire horror movies. Yeah, some horror movies I think are would be really good if you could just tell them orally, like around a campfire, as a scary story. Not every horror movie lends itself to this, but the ones that feel like it's just a good story, someone's telling you to try to scare the shit out of you. You know. Yeah, Sinister is, it might be my favorite of that whole genre. It's just good old, we're sitting around the fire, and I'm going to scare you. It's great. Well, yeah, I think I I did see Black Phone this past weekend, and it's probably my favorite of his movies. I think I've seen all of his movies, at least everything since Emily Rose. Um, And I I really liked it a, a lot. And Joe Hill, I think I came to know his work through Lock and Key, the comic book series that he does mm. with Gabriel Rodriguez, it, which is one of my favorite comic series uh, ever. It's really it's really good. It's not really, it is kind of horror. The horror is a little bit muted because of the, the art style is a little cartoonish. Mm. Um, 
but it still has a lot of horror elements in it. It's it's re- it's really and the art's great. It's really it's really a good good uh, series. So that's where I came to know Hill and find out that he was King's son. Um, and then I can't remember if I read Twentieth Century Ghosts or Heart Shaped Box first, but Heart Shaped Box is one of my favorite books. I, I totally loved it. And um, 20th Century Ghosts, the Black Phone is probably kind of middle of the road, I thought, as far as the stories in that collection. I liked it, but it wasn't nearly one of my favorite uh, stories in that collection. So I wasn't as super excited about the movie just because of that. But I did I did like it, and the movie was uh, was amazing. The, the movie was better than the short story in, to me. And I've also read Nosferatu and watched, watched the AMC series, which the show... Started out really good, I thought, and then it kind of uh, petered out towards this, this throughout most of the second season, basically. Um, but still, overall, not a, not a bad show. Did you ever watch the show for Nosferatu? The show for what? Nosferatu. Oh, I thought you were talking about Lock and Key for a second. I was like, no, you said Nosferatu. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I meant to. I was. I heard about the way they were telling it and how it was different in the book. Yeah. And it did kind of take away my excitement in a way. I was like, oh, it sounds like they're changing it just to change it. But then I heard a lot of people who really did love it, including my aunt, who had read the book and loved the book. She loved the show. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should give it a shot. And I've always intended to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Too much stuff. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and the other one that I've read part of is The Fireman, um, which I mean, I'm, I'm basically in the exact same boat as you. I read about a third of it and I was I just wasn't feeling it. So I put it down probably two years ago and I haven't gone back to it yet. Yeah. Uh, conceptually cool idea. I, and, uh, and I didn't hate it, but I just, I just wasn't really, wasn't loving it. So, and it's a huge book. So <laughs> it's a monster. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I guess I haven't read the book for horns, but I did watch the, the uh, movie with Daniel Radcliffe and it was okay. <laughs> I, that's uh, the Joe Hill I'd hadn't done. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the book, and because I hadn't read the book, I wasn't ready to watch the movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. A lot of Raimi stuff that I've watched, uh, I'll probably bring up maybe on our next episode, because by then I'll probably have watched everything <laughs> that he's done Ooh. again. But, yeah, um, uh, you want to throw out as far as recent watches or any, you want to bash uh, the movie we <laughs> talked about a little more? Uh, anything like that before we roll out? I, I, you know, I am that gif. He's already dead. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna leave the movie alone I, I said my piece and really i i'm i said what i said but it's really just my opinion i don't want to try to tell anybody else that they shouldn't see it because sure. they may get a whole bunch of it out uh, a bunch out of it that i did not and that's totally cool i don't want i don't want to say it's not going to make anybody happy it just did not make me happy <laughs> uh, um no i guess not i it, things have been Pretty cool movie-wise, just, you know, the regular mix of bullshit that I, I tend to get into. But it's, I always try to keep it fun, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm good to go. Awesome. Well, I guess that's going to do it uh, for another episode of Small Screeners. Mm-hmm. AJ, let people know where they can find you on the internet. I am at Twitter, at Haunted Gels. Um, it sounds dumb, because it is dumb. <laughs> but it means uh, Haunted Gels of Mario Baba, because he is one of the finest, if not finest, horror directors of all time watch Mario Bava movies. And if you want to see me babble about that kind of bullshit or curse the names of all the Republicans in this country, which I've been doing a lot more of lately. If you've, you know, looked outside your window, things are on fire. Yeah. But we won't, we won't go there. We'll just say that there, there might be a bit of that on my Twitter account, but <laughs> there's also a lot of love of movies and yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Chris has been there and done that. I did send him a t-shirt. But yeah, I, I love movies and music and books and TV and shit. And I talk about that a lot too. And hopefully that's what might keep you around, even though my opinions are not always what people would call grade A. <laughs> so thank you, Chris. It's been another great episode. And uh, yeah, as always, thank you for having me on as part of this thing. I, I'm, I'm grateful to be your partner in crime on this journey. Hey, who else can I expose to the to the full moon features world? <laughs> Nobody else would put up with it. <laughs> well, the full the full moon features world is fine. Uh, ah. As far as anybody else exposed to this specific movie, it would have been nice if it was anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but as for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34, uh, which I basically just use Twitter to keep track of the movies I'm watching and Instagram to keep track of the books I'm reading. But check me out there. You can also hear me on another podcast called Unspoken Issues with my buddy Jesse Starcher. We talk about uh, 1990s comic books uh, specifically. You can also follow the show's Twitter and Instagram accounts at Small Screeners. If you feel like giving us a review on your podcaster of choice, that would be sweet. Or just tell people about us. <laughs> uh, next week, we're gonna, or next month, we're going to be back with another Fred Ward classics in the form of Tremors 2 Aftershocks. They lay dormant for years, waiting for the chance to appear once again. Now, they're back, and they'll find you no matter where you try to hide. And only a team of dedicated professionals can stop them. We need someone, an expert, to eliminate these creatures, to go graboid hunting. This time, they're prepared. Preparing to fire. You smoked his ass. Doing what I can with what I got. This time, they're motivated. 50,000 for each grapple. You gotta do. This time, they're one step ahead. Get off the ground! There's only one problem. This time, the worms have turned. Something's wrong with our worm, Earl. It's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new goddamn ball game. The worms changed somehow. Now we've got these things. I am completely out of ammo. Director Carr, the radio tower. How can I be so smart? We're not sitting ducks here. Come get me, you suckers. You hungry? If I can just get to your truck, I can grab some bombs. Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Starring Fred Ward, Michael Gross, Christopher Garton, and Helen Shaver. Damn worms never cut you any slack. <laughs> <laughs>